I feel like we need to get back to a form of like one trying to have a, a generational connection, you know, but then also too like taking a strong look at ourselves with some accountability. Cause like I can't write them off. They products of they my product. I'm a, I'm gonna create a product and then and then write it off and blame the product. going on everybody i'm glad that you're back i'm very excited for this next brother that we have coming up we have a family man real estate educator and developer and community advocate we talked about topics that range from how to walk in the greatness that god gave you how leading with the work is very important and how trials and tribulations can also lead you to success but most importantly for us brothers to create generational connection and have more accountability for us to grow together. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody. I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad that we have another dope brother with us today. My name is Octavius Blount, also known as The Urban Thinker. We have a family man, a real estate educator and developer and community advocate with us today. Brother, if you can introduce yourself, please do. Yep, yep. What's going on, everybody? My name is Jordan P. Farini. I was born and raised in the Philadelphia area, grew up, raised by my mother in the uptown section of the city. You know, I came from a family, just hardworking people. We was able to find our blessing and success in the construction industry through a family-owned business that we started out of a trunk of a car, grinded up, attained a lot of success along the way, reached some of the peaks of the construction industry, eventually transitioning into the real estate industry to have a lot of success there. Nowadays, I just look for opportunities to just share my blessings, share my education, share my knowledge, and give back to my community while also building legacy and generational wealth for my family. Hey, brother, you said a lot right there that hits home with me. Um, I do want to let the listeners know that we've known each other for a long time in this space of just community advocacy and understanding what the community needs and actually listening to the community. So I want to say thank you for being on and I appreciate the work that you're doing for the community and also leading with the work. I think that's one thing that you always um, put in my mind and still did me. Uh, so I want to say thank you first for always showing me how to lead with the work, brother. No, I appreciate it, brother. And likewise, man, it's, it's always been a mutual respect, man. It's like, you know, we are when we're out here doing the work, leading with the work, we also, you know, myself looking around at the other brothers that's doing it too. So, you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate you too because you've always been in, in, in the mix and always been trailblazing for our people Thanks, as well. brother. I'm going to just kick it right off, brother, if you don't mind. Um, what's one thing you love about being a black man? I mean, what I love is being able to contribute and being able to, to, to contribute to the definition of greatness, you know, of, of, of being black and, you know, defining what that greatness really means. Like, I mean, history has done such a, an attempt to try to put who we are, what we are, what we can become inside yeah. of a box. And I just like, just love the opportunity to just be able to just 
break that barrier and say, nah, none of that stuff y'all y'all feeding to me, the media, none of that defines me. Like my work, my my belief, my faith defines my greatness. And like, I just love the, the opportunity to just be able to just break that mold, break that stigma. Like I love that yeah. challenge, man. Um, You know what I mean? And just be able to be a symbol of, of, of hope for others. I hear you. I want to attest to that, but I also want to add as far as greatness, um, the fact that we can stand alone, the fact that we can create things on our own, create new things, create things that are just different from what society says that we can't do. And one thing when I hear greatness from you, I see it. It's not just about the work that you're doing. It's how you live your life um, from Instagram, from things that I see when you're walking around in your community, driving in your community. You walk with greatness. I'm going to just give you your flowers now. You walk with greatness because of the man upstairs. And I, I've seen it, and I, I want to thank you for allowing me to see that. Um, but when I talk about things that black people do in general, I just love the fact that I see you, brother. And a lot of people don't A lot of people don't hear that. A lot of people don't hear, hey, brother, I see you. I thank you. And I welcome the fact that you're bringing greatness into this world. Um, so from my understanding, when you say bringing that greatness into the world, um, what does that entail? Cause I know that you, you express some things as far as being in real estate, being an educator, what does that entail as far as your greatness? Cause I heard you talk about faith, heard you talk about a lot of things within that one piece. What does that really entail? I mean, for me, I mean, first and foremost, like, my commitment to greatness, my strive for greatness is, is my walk mm-hmm. with God, right? And, you know, the only way I can pay back God for all the greatness and things that he's brought into my life is by trying to at least making yeah. an attempt to to walk, to walk in that greatness that he gave me, right? And <clears throat> be a good steward of mm-hmm. it, right? Like, these, I'm a steward of these blessings. I'm a steward of this intellect, you know, this knowledge, this ability, and, like, that's the that's that's my first most important walk. You know what I mean? Because from there, that's going that aligns me with with everything else I'm I'm going after, everything else I'm trying to accomplish. You know, next is is, is my family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, God first, and, and and then my family. Just trying to be a symbol of success and a model of success to my children. Trying to be somebody that my wife can look at, be proud of. My kids can look at and be mm-hmm. proud of. And you know, that's a, a major driver factor. And you know, just just helps me just continue to grow and grow towards something is like growing towards that admiration of my family. And then, you know, last but not least, um, it's just trying to be a symbol yeah. of hope, man. Trying to be a symbol of hope to other young people that came through obstacles, barriers, other people that mm-hmm. got doubts, disbelief. Like I'm just trying to just be a symbol of hope, man. And like, and I wrap all those things together. I just I try to just keep that on the forefront. That's my motivation in, in, in my drive. I know I know you said in the beginning that you um, were in a single parent household. So if you don't mind me asking, um, how was that? Because as far as being a male, a black man, um, when did you discover your blackness? Meaning you were different from other people. You may not look like everybody. When did you discover that? your blackness within your community. I mean, man, like that's, that's, that's definitely like got layers mm-hmm. to it. Right. So like, you know, my, my mother mm-hmm. is white, you know what I mean? I, and my father yeah. is black 
And, you know, I, I grew up mm-hmm. in Philly, uptown, you know I mean? <laughs> Philadelphia school district. I was the, I was the light skin, you know, I was always thought I was just the light skin guy. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people thought I was Spanish. Some people thought I was all types yeah. of things. Right. And, but it was like, my mom always educated me on like my identity, never like got me to shy away from it. Like really open up the books to me, open up the mm-hmm. research to me. And, you know, so early on, like I was always just really just learning about who I was and where like my descendants on my father's side mm-hmm. came from. And then just being in the in the community, you know, 95 percent of the school black. I'm you know, I'm I'm light. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just light black and I'm in the mix with my folks. Like that was me yeah. growing up. And it, it was in the beginning, I didn't feel any different. I was just one of the fellas like. And I never like tried to define my light skin or whether I'm mixed. It was just I was just in the mix with my fellas. All my friends was black. All my community, yeah. growing up, large majority, and you know it was always that unique type of path for me. In that, like that was a thing in itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And but for me, like growing up, having friends, family members, like I just always felt like I was that I was just fighting mm. for something. Like I always I always felt like God gave me intellect, God gave me blessings, God gave me knowledge and I and and I've just used it trying to just fight for yeah. my people. And like for me my people has always been my community, you know what I mean? And so like you know like I bro, it's just it's yeah. been a journey and like there's a there's a there's a part of it, right? That's like I even feel obligated or, or I'm not even obligated might even be the right word. Like I feel like a responsibility. Okay. Like, cause I'm not naive to the fact that I'm way lighter than most people. I'm not naive to the fact that like, you know what I mean? Like I've gotten in the doors and places that other brothers that maybe of a darkie who couldn't mm-hmm. get into. Like I almost feel like a responsibility to even carry a torch of it to help break down barriers yeah. of this lightness in my skin ball at the same time still yeah. being black. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I don't no, know if I that do. makes sense, bro. It's layer is is layers to it, but I always felt like I like like I'm been on yeah, a mission. I hear bro. you. I hear you. Because I think even attesting to the fact that you're talking about you're able to get in certain doors, I feel the same exact way, even though I'm I'm darker than you. And I've been able to get indoors just through education, through um, knowing other black men or other people in these spaces. And I told, I, I hear you. It's a journey for black men, but it's also journeys within us as black men when it comes down to our skin complexion, how we look, our melanin. And I think for you, I hear you when you say it's been a journey. It's been X, Y, and Z when it comes down to your skin color. And being able to discover that and say, I, I didn't feel any kind of different way. I was just with the homies. And me feeling the same exact way when it comes down to being a black man, when I discovered, I discovered I was different when I was in middle school. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's getting to that space of, because I'm from South Philly, and everybody, it's a melting pot down there. And when you look at it, you're like, okay, it's a little bit different, but now when you step into your your grown manness, your manness, your boyhood, or whatever you want to call it, now you're like, I'm totally different from the people that look like me. And get go ahead, go ahead, brother. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I see the, I see it. Go ahead. It's like, 
And then also too was like you know, I'm looking at my father as a young man, like mm-hmm. he black, he you know he, he you know what I mean, yeah, brown skin. My sister, I got sisters of every single hue, from brown skin to light skin to like. So it was just like, you know, I just always knew I was light, but I always felt like I was just like, I just always felt like I, yeah. I'm, I'm black. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hear you. And and you know what I mean. So it's always been that dynamic though too, man, because like. Being light, having a maybe potential Spanish look, you know, like sometimes people don't even know what that what yeah. what am I? They like, yo, you Spanish, Indian, you just I'm like, bro, I'm black, bro. Then they hear me talking and what I'm standing for, what mm-hmm. I'm fighting for, and like, yeah, man, that's how we that's how we can, bro. I do want to ask you this question as far as um going through that time of yes, people asking you, hey, you black, you Hispanic, are you this, are you that? Um, as far as black men, a lot of people don't have the understanding of us expressing ourselves in ways that are different from a lot of people. So how did you explore your feelings when it came down to you and your mom, you and other black boys, older black men? How did you express your feelings? I mean, honestly, man, like, I don't know, bro. It was like I never seen. I know it sounds like a, a typical thing to say or like a cliche, bro. I never really saw mm-hmm. color because of like one being a light hue, you know, having a white mother, having having a black father, growing up in a school with friends that was predominantly mm-hmm. black, like. But then also being in the uptown area, growing up in Mount Airy, growing up in Germantown, it wasn't like I didn't see white like there were white friends I had as well that lived mm-hmm. on my block. And then I, it's like, I never really kind of saw that cultural divide until, or that, you know, that separation of races until I, as I started growing okay. older and really started seeing the line, the line drawn mm-hmm. in the sand and, you know, like started seeing like color for what it really was, how people treated me and how they didn't treat my friend that was with me, that was darker than me, or how people, the doors of the opportunities that got opened up to me or even, the exposures I got hanging with my white friends as opposed to when I was, you know, hanging with, you know what I mean? Hanging yeah. with the brothers. Like it was like, as I started to grow older, as I started to like experience more things coming off the steps, I started to see it mm-hmm. more and more, you know what I mean? And, and that's when I really started to, to notice the difference. But, but by then I just felt like you, my friend, you, my friend, you know, you somebody I'm expressing my feelings to, I'm expressing my feelings to. It wasn't like a, you black or white thing. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. So I think um, exploring that and getting a better understanding of, yes, I heard you say you didn't see color. I heard you say as you got older and took them steps off the, took the steps off the, um, off the porch. It's always that understanding of exploring. Okay. I'm angry right now. I'm upset right now. I'm happy right now. I think you allowing you to um, not be able to be comfortable but also be comfortable at the same time from what I'm hearing um, is impactful for me because I didn't have that experience. I had the experience of, um, I had a lot of people say, Hey, you, you, are you upset right now? And sometimes I just have a blank face, but sometimes I can say, no, I'm not upset and have the right to do that. So I, I can think I can hear you when you sit there and say, I didn't have no problem with expressing myself. I have no problem, but there are some black men that are out there that do. And I'm glad that you did not have that, that obstacle. Um, and I can totally understand it too. So when I hear you say, um, 
you're more for family, you have friends, you have people that are a different color than you. How did you navigate this world so successfully when it came down to being a black man? Yes, of a different melanin, but being a black man, how did you navigate? Did you have people that you learned from? Did you have uncles? Did you have, I know you said your, your dad, um, did you learn anything as far as navigating society as a black man from anybody? I mean, man, to be honest with you, brother, I learned in a lot of ways through my failures, mm. through my stumbles, through me falling on my face a bunch of times. Mm. You know, like my mother never, like my mother never strayed away from like, you know, letting me learn who I was. And like, you know, my mother was always like real open to like, making sure that I had the real yeah. information. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not like some whitewashed watching out critical race theories <laughs> type stuff. It was like, nah, like this is what really happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, but as I started to grow, like I did race came back into play in major ways, bro. Because like growing up where I grew up, by the, you know, and as I started coming off of the step, there started to be lines drawn in the mm -hmm. sand, right? Like, color started really coming into play whether I wanted it to or not. I remember, like, I was down South Philly, and I remember just a rock getting thrown at, mm -hmm. at us. And I'm like, and they like, oh, you, you, you effing, you know what I mean? They throwing the N-word around. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, like, to, 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 to white folks, I ain't, I'm yeah. not white. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, that was, like, this hard line where I started to realize, like, I damn sure ain't white. You know what I mean? My community, like how I feel, where I'm comfortable, how I'm caring with my folks I'm fighting yeah. for is black. I feel black. I define myself as black. And, like, it started becoming a situation where it wasn't just, like, this peace and love thing, right? It wasn't like I just started, like, reality started yeah. to set in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, my brother got a dog sicked on him for a similar thing. And my brother, mm -hmm. like, like me, he was in the wrong neighborhood. They sicking the, they sickin the dogs on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, then I really started I had to get to a point to where I really started having to like understand, you know what I mean, my tribe, understand like what was really going on mm -hmm. out here, bro. And like my mom was working all, all of the time, man. Like, my mom worked two, yeah. three jobs. My mom didn't have like this super high level uh, education, but she mm -hmm. was a hustler. And so a lot of time my mom wasn't there to know if I was in the house or not. My sister was trying to help. My sister was like my mom, my stepmom by default in a sense. She was trying to hold down the crib. But she was five, six, you know what I mean, years older yeah. than all of us. And um, so it allowed me to be out in the in the in the mix, I like to say, man. And um brother, I had a feel and stumble my yeah. way through it all, man. Like I wish I could say I had like this perfect God, this God. Like my father wasn't in my mm -hmm. life, man. So anytime about my father, he wasn't a real big influence on me. My sister's father passed early by the time I was like okay. six. The only person that was ever like a father to me, you know what I mean? OD by the time I was okay. 12. So it was like, I didn't have like this male yeah. figure, yeah. you know what I mean? And my male figure started becoming the streets. My male figure started becoming mm -hmm. my brothers, started watching what they were doing in the streets. And I was always a smart guy. Like, yeah. I was smart. MG student, straight A's, went to yeah. Central, started at Central, didn't finish at yeah. Central, right? Because I, I I was lacking that guidance, bro. I had to still figure out who I was, what mm. I wanted to be. And what I found myself doing was learning from the wrong people. 
wanting to be a part of something had me learning from the wrong people. And I made mistakes, yeah. man. And I had to stumble and, and find my way through. So honestly, bro, a lot of my life and my successes has just been all mm. trial and error. Like my successes are all my failures just stacked up on top of each other to get a better view of what's really going on out here and like to really get more exposure that allowed me to change my life, man, and become what I, I, I mm. am today. I hope y'all listening. Cause that, the way you took us on that journey to sit there and say, I've stumbled just to be able to stand on top to see what the world looks like. A lot of people don't know. That's a, in my opinion, that's a bar for a lot of young men that have gone through the same thing that you've, that you're going through. We got some young men out here that don't have people to look to, so they look to the streets. So when you sat there and said, I stacked up all the failures, and now I'm standing on them, and I can see what the world looked like. That's a gem for me. <laughs> that's a gem for me, and hopefully it's a gem for the young people that's listening. Um, because in this space of, I heard you say your mom was a hustler, and I think that's where you get it from. I do want to ask you, um, how do you represent the identities that you have? Because I know I said you're a family man, real estate developer, educator, and community advocate. How do you represent those when you walk into a room? Man, I'm all those things, bro. I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a vehicle for God, mm. bro. Like I'm just a, I'm just a vessel, bro. I'm just a vessel. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. And, and all of those things, all those attributes, all those titles is just, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's just, that's just my, 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 my vehicles to do, be a good steward of my blessings, bro. And, 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 and to get back to the community, like, but it's, 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 it's God's mm. first, bro. I'm just, I'm just a vessel for it, bro. I'm just a vehicle for I, it. I say bro. that all the time. I said, I'm here to serve. <laughs> I said, the work that I do, I serve. You can't explain it no other way besides... I'm a vessel for God, man. <laughs> you can't say it no better than that. And I think that hearing what you just said can speak volumes. Um, because in the work that I do outside of being a creator, um, working with the city, I think that's, that's a, you have to be able to serve. You have to be a person that loves his community. And I think that's what you do. Um, you love your community hands down. Um, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And I think with the work that you're doing, like I said, you lead with the work. And I don't know if you've ever had this question asked to you as far as when you were younger. Um, like, what expectations do you have on yourself? Because I know you're leading with the work. But in the beginning, did you have, um, I know you said you had some failures, but expectations on yourself. And how did you overcome them? Man, that's a good one, man. Like, I feel like, I mean, I was explaining to one of my brothers last night. Like, I feel like I'm still trying to complete expectations that I had for myself, Thank like, you. from my early days. Because, like, like, I was straight-A yeah. student, MG, you know, played the trumpet, played basketball, like, you know, went to Central. Anybody that's not from Philly, like, you know, that's a magnet mm -hmm. school. Like, you know what I mean? Had had to be, have had intellectual abilities. And, like, in the early years, remember everybody telling me, like, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a rocket scientist, all these mm -hmm. things, right? And and I didn't wind up becoming any of them in the beginning. I wound up doing, like, the complete opposite, you know? 
in and out of the juvenile justice system, getting in, in trouble with the law as a young adult, like just doing all the opposites of those things, getting sucked into the streets, getting sucked into a life of somebody that yeah. I wasn't, falling for the lie, trying to be a real this, trying to be a real that, but in reality realizing it was some of the fakest things I ever mm. went through in my mm. life, right? And But through it all, like, I found my yeah. way back, right? I found my way back to those blessings, those talents, because, you know what I mean? God gave me the intellect. God gave me the, mm-hmm. the vision, right? And, like, so I found my way back, like, by the grace, right? And now it's like I feel like I'm trying to make up for lost time. And even though I have made up for lost time, which is probably something I need, yeah. I'm working on, <laughs> like, I've, I've mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I've caught up with some of my expectations, but I feel like I feel like I still got some – I still got some mm-hmm. things left, man, some boxes I want to check. And it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to live up to the expectations of society. I'm trying to live up to the expectations and just make sure that I'm living mm-hmm. my purpose. You know what I mean? I feel like God had great things in store for me. And I feel like I'm there. I'm not there yet. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for everything, but I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. So I'm still closing out on some of these expectations, brother. But it's not worldly expectations. It's like, it's trying to live up to... You know what I mean? What what I what I was put here for? Trying to put up, live up to like these abilities that I've I've been blessed with, man. Yo, man, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because you're you're speaking my thoughts. I'm being honest with you. You're speaking what I say to myself all the time. Yes, you're you're not late at this. You're not behind on this. You're right where you're supposed to be. And I think when you talk about you still got boxes to check off, you're still doing the work of God. You can't you can't say nothing else again, because I love the fact that I'm watching you walk in your purpose, even though you just said. I've done this, I've done that, I've had the street raise me, I've done this, I've done that. Now I'm trying to relive something. But I think even though people had expectations on you, people had expectations on me as well. But I can't go by what they want me to do. I have to go by what makes me happy. And I feel like. I've seen a, in the X amount of years we've known each other, I've seen you happy all the time. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> Cause I feel like you're doing the work that I, God has put you on this earth to do and gave you the skills and gave you the energy. I'm be honest. I say that with a lot of emphasis. He gave you the energy to do the work that you're doing. And I commend you. I don't know if you wanted to say something because I, I think I cut you off, but go ahead. If you want to say something, brother, <laughs> nah, nah, it's good. Nah, bro, I appreciate it, man. Like, I appreciate the flowers. I appreciate the love. Like, I, I think it's always, though, important to to speak to, like, pieces that's, like, for the person that's looking at. You know what I mean? They don't always got the energy. or don't always, yeah. you know what I mean? And, like, to be honest with you, like, God gave me the gift of gab, the ability to communicate, the ability to be able to, like, have some captivation. But God also put me through some things, brother. And it's still some things I've been yeah. going through and things that I continue to go through that I, I, I try to carry it, man. I try to keep yeah. my chin up. I try, you know what I mean? But I would be remiss if I didn't speak to the fact that, like, every day ain't a, isn't always a good mm-hmm. day. Like, mm-hmm. every, every every month hasn't been a, a good month. Like, in the last years that we've even known each other, bro, I've lost nephews. I've I, to, to gun violence, sisters to gun violence, fathers Same. to like my biological father lost him to to 
you know what I mean? To yeah. homicide, friends, people, like car accidents, injuries, back, my back mm-hmm. surgeries, like all these things, right? But in the midst of it all, I still can wake up with a smile yep. on my face. You know what I mean? Still I still can I still can get up and still carry mm-hmm. the mission, right? It's because of gratitude, man. And it's it's because of faith. Like I know, I know I've been brought through all of this, so I know I'm gonna make it through anything and everything, bro. And so I, I feel like like I appreciate and respect the flowers, but I also feel like I gotta speak to that person out there that's going through yeah. some dark times right now and still trying to and still going after mm-hmm. greatness, right? Cause that's 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 my fight too, man. Like it ain't it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows, man. It's been a lot of dark days, but the good outweighs mm-hmm. the bad, man. And when you when you mentally focus on on the good, despite what you're going through, it allows you to have like an external projection yeah. that's real, right? Because it's not fake. I'm not faking the phone trying to smile. I'm 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 truly happy mm-hmm. and grateful. But I've been through yeah. some things, man. And God will put yes, you through will. things. You know what I mean? And, to make sure that you prepared for the things yeah. that's coming. You know what I mean? So everything I've been through, man, my life, man, I hope it's just a testimony to somebody, man, that you can go through yeah. a lot. And, and and God got a whole nother plan for you on the other side that you don't even see yet. But it's coming. You know I hear I mean? you, brother. I, I do want to ask you this question because I know you, um, you work with a lot of young black men. I've seen the work that you're doing. Um, you also have sons as well. Um, you also communicate with myself and other black men in this world, but society sees us a little bit differently. I think you've noticed that, um, even through the experiences that you've told me about, um, how would you like people to perceive black men? I mean, I don't, I, I would love to say the answer is like, I would love people to just perceive black men mm-hmm. as people, mm-hmm. right? Like without there being like this box or even like this fear campaign and all these things, man, the criminalization, yeah. the, just everything, right? All wrapped in, into one, right? But like, I think, I think for me, I'm not really concerned with how people see mm-hmm. black men at the end of the day, because I can't control that. I think I'm more concerned with how black men I'm see themselves. You, Ooh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. It's 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 the it's the, it's the identity mm. of self, you know what I mean, that's really probably one of the biggest weapons against black men in this country, man. Or the lack of identity in, in self, though, could also be said. You know what I mean? You ask a black man who they are or where they from or what they family represents or their lineage or their historical greatness and contributions to society. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. unknowns. Mm-hmm. Right. And that makes a lot of these brothers so susceptible to society to enter in or force feed you those and fill in those blanks for you, for you to even have a misperception of yourself. You know what I mean? The history is a weapon. You know what I mean? Or if you you ask a brother right now, or you ask one of our elders right now, where are you from? South Carolina, mm-hmm. Mississippi, yep. so somewhere in the Americas. No, it's like, no, mm-hmm. where are you mm-hmm. from? You know what I mean? And Oof. you know, and that's 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 one of the biggest weapons, man. Like these young people, if they knew their greatness, if they knew who they really were, I don't I don't I don't think things would be 
the way they are, man. Hey, brother, I'm. I knew where you was going. <laughs> as soon as I asked that question, and you said I don't want to go the easy route, I'm like, okay. He about to give us another gem, and you did because <laughs> I'm being honest with you. You did because how do we look at ourselves as black men? Because we can say society looks at us a certain way and we can just feed off of that and say, well, if they look at me this way, so what? Okay, I'm going to do what they what they are used to. And I think hearing you say, how do we perceive ourselves? I think that's a question that we always got to ask our young brothers and our older brothers. Um, so I do want to, I do want to give you a rundown, obviously for some new listeners, the podcast is called the middle brother podcast. And, um, from this space, I try to create a space where black men can get a better understanding of each other. We can grow together. Um, and I think you've done, you've been the middle brother in so many ways. And that's a person that can be, that can stand in the gap and support the next generation, but also uplift the older generation. And I think through your experiences and understanding, even with the answer that you gave me, um, I think this question right here is going to be another big one for the listeners. Um, based on you, your experience, what you've seen with black men, what's one thing black males can do to grow together? I mean, I think like the the name of the podcast is so fitting. Like, you know, we need we need more, we need more connectors, man. Like, you know, it's like this intergenerational divide. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the, the, some of the old timers are more from like a wait your turn culture. I, sometimes I like <laughs> yeah. to find it, yeah. you know, some of these young brothers is like, you know, knowledge resources at our fingertips, you know what I mean? Aspiring. And then, you know, you got this, just like this separation, man. And, you know, you got a lot of older Folks, myself included, brother, I'm pushing 40. It's like, and these young people, these young people are crazy. Like, these young people are, you know, what this, these young yeah. people are that, these young people are this. And it's like, wait, like, they, we raised them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they products of us. However you want to spin it, they could be this, that, this, that, that. But at the end of the day, they are products of us. They are children, you know, our nieces, yep. our nephews, you know what I mean? Our grandkids. So it's like, I feel like we need to get back to a form of like one trying to have a, a generational connection, mm. you know, but then also to like taking a strong look at ourselves with some accountability. Mm. Cause like, I can't write them off. They products of, they my yeah. product. I'm a, I'm a create a product and then, and then write it off and blame the product. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you hit a lot of things there, especially the accountability part, because there's a lot of things going on right now, obviously, with the older generation and the younger generation. And it's like this tension and this lack of understanding. And I don't think the the older generation, I love what you said to the older generation. Um, they don't. I think there's just like a lack of accountability when it comes down to both ends. And then also even us, those that are in the middle. Like we're not speaking up when it's like, hey, y'all not doing what y'all said y'all was supposed to do for us. And then also the next generation is like, y'all are not doing what y'all said y'all are going to do. Um, I, I love the fact that you said accountability because that's key. We got to keep each other accountable as black men, in my opinion, and black people. Like you said, history is a weapon. How do we teach and educate our young people about their history? 
But then also, how do they keep us accountable with what we do in this world? And it, it's, I'm, ooh, you got me over here <laughs> ready to just jump out this seat because <laughs> the way you explained it um, is lighting a fire in me and hopefully it's lighting a fire in other people to understand it takes accountability. It takes those that are connected with one another and it also takes listening. Like that, those three things that you just said are key for us to grow together as one as black men. That's first. We got to listen to each other. We can't keep getting upset, not being able to communicate. We also got to keep each other accountable on the level of understanding. And like, brother, I see you, but <laughs> you're doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, loving each other. I think that's that's one thing that I would like to add as well, um, as far as growing together. Um, but brother, I do wanna I do wanna before we end, I do wanna elevate you because in this podcast, we just went through the E4 model, brother. Even though I've done it before with you, you may not know because it's like, you know, some secret stuff I got, but this E4 model where I <laughs> where I engage you, um, we express some things together. Uh, we empower one another. That's what we just did. And now I'm about to elevate you with some authenticity, meaning there's some things in this world that you want to elevate as far as being a father, being a real estate educator and developer and a community advocate. Brother, this is your time to be elevated, brother. Whatever you got going on. No, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I, I like to be humble with it, man. But at the same time, I also want to make sure that people, you know, know, where to tap in with with me with if you you know if you got some need or if you're trying to get connected so i mean i guess the biggest things because you know me man like i wear a lot of hats and i you know without saying breaking down every single opportunity i mean the biggest thing for me right now and my biggest focus has been focusing on affordable housing and really just closing the wealth gap um leveling the playing field you know, there was a lot of things and a lot of injustice that's happening, housing policy, home ownership opportunities, lending practices. I mean, you go all you you could go back, redlining, restricted covenants, all of that, right? And it's it's created a lot of uh, gaps in the wealth, you know, in this country. And so a lot of my focus now is is trying to level that playing field. So like affordable housing has been a, a, a big part of that. And so what I'm also doing, though, is providing educational programs for community members to learn about affordable mm -hmm. housing, to learn how to get active in affordable housing, to how to actively participate in providing affordable housing. So if you're somebody that's interested in real estate, interested in learning around, around affordable housing, how you could develop your community while pouring back into it, you know, definitely get get with me. The easiest way to reach me would be through my Instagram is j.p.farini on Instagram, or um, I also have a program coming up. It's the Buy Back the Block Challenge. Mm -hmm. We buying back the community. The community's changing. We got to make sure that we maintain our ownership, our representation. Like the hood's been the hood for so long, they pushed us towards the train mm -hmm. tracks and towards the industrial plants and towards the areas they ain't want, and now they want it back. So, you know, you better make sure you get you some land 
because they ain't making any more. And so like, I want to make sure that our people can stay within the community, can afford to be within the community. And through these programs, through these trainings, it's a big part of what we doing. I'm helping to not only make sure that we building and providing affordable home ownership, but we able to lead the charge mm-hmm. on it and be a part of the change that we want to see. So it's the buy back the block challenge is buy back the block challenge.com where you can participate in the training and be a part of it. And then honestly, man, just overall, just get with me for all things real estate. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, it's Farini HR at gmail.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-R-I-N-I-H-R at gmail.com. Any development opportunities, any way that you see some ways to organize in the community to bring housing, homeownership opportunities and workforce training, just like reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Thank you, brother. I'm going to be reaching out to you. Um, I Hopefully all the listeners are <laughs> listening to what this brother just said and tapping into what he's talking about. He's not just talking about buying homes, doing X, Y, and Z. He's talking about generational wealth, but also being educated in that space as well. So, brother, I want to thank you. I got some things to plug as well because I'm also doing some things too. Um, we have a lot of content coming out. You know, like content brewing. We have a lot of content stirring up in the pot that is for and about black men and boys. Um, if you want to check out my website, it's OctaviusBlount.com. Um, we also have potential consulting services as well. Coming up is also um, pertaining to black men and boys, how to engage them, how to express your, yourself in certain ways, how to empower black men and boys, and also how to elevate them and pour into them as well also. So do not hesitate with getting in contact with myself when it comes to black men and boys. Do not hesitate when it comes to contacting Brother Jordan when it comes down to real estate and being a community advocate. Brother, I appreciate you for joining, being on this podcast. I love you, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Love. I want to also thank people for joining as well and also catch another dope brother with us on the Middle Brother Podcast. Peace.